Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, how's everyone doing today? You guys doing good? Yeah? That's awesome. Hey, I love the memes. Have you guys been enjoying the memes and just the humor that we've been bringing to every Sunday? And uh, man, I could sit there for hours and just scroll watching and looking at memes. No lie. It's a pit that you can easily fall into. Uh, so we've been going through this series called or titled, What Do You Mean? And, and we've been tackling bits and pieces of the Proverbs, right, in uh, the book of Proverbs. And to give you some context on what the Proverbs is about, the uh, principal writer of Proverbs is King Solomon. Uh, these are words of wisdom. And the reason that I want to emphasize the fact that it's words of wisdom is because there's a difference between having knowledge versus having wisdom. Would you guys agree with that? I read this as I was studying this week. Knowledge is nothing more than an accumulation of raw facts. But wisdom is the ability to see people, events, and situations as God sees them. That's wisdom. And that's what the book of Proverbs is about. It's seeing the life through the lens of God. And I want to give a shout out really quick before we continue. Micah and Zandra did a phenomenal job last week. Can we give it up for them? Man, that message was so good. And just throughout the week, it kept popping up, and the Lord kept reminding me of things, right? Um, just what's coming out of my mouth and being more intentional with that. Hey, let's pray this morning before we kick it off. Father, we thank you so much, Lord. We know that your presence is in this place, God, and where your presence is, there is freedom, Lord. And so, Father, we declare freedom today, Lord, freedom mentally, God. We declare that our minds be free, Jesus, that our minds and our thoughts will align themselves to the truth of your word today, God. We pray that whether someone is here in person or if they're joining us online, Lord Jesus, let your presence, God, start drawing them near, Lord. You have a word for them. They're not here by mistake. You're not tuning in by mistake. God has a word for you today. And so, Father, we open up our hearts to receive from what you have to give to us today. Let it transform our lives. Let us walk out different, God. Let us walk out looking more and more like Jesus. In your name we pray, amen and amen. I think it's safe to say that if we want to know what people value, pay attention to what they guard. People will put a cover over a car that they value. Have you guys ever seen that? Some of you may have a car that you value and you have a cover over it. You guard it. We value our children, parents, so we guard them, right? For my sneaker heads, you may have plexi boxes that you put those expensive sneakers in. If you own something that belonged to a loved one, you value it, so you put it in a box or in a space where you can guard it. People will put their money in annuities and savings accounts or maybe under that one mattress that every single one of you has. That's where you put your money because why? You value it so you guard it. And for anyone who's a collector of things, of autographed memorabilia, you buy cases and boxes to protect a valuable item. A few, weeks, a few years ago, uh, I ran a sales call with my buddy, Lindell, and we were there to give this gentleman an estimate for his heating and air conditioning system. And it was a really nice house. As we walked around, we were like amazed. And all of a sudden, he takes us into this room where he had posters and, and the proof of the different places that he had traveled, all the Olympic events that he had been to since back in the 70s. Autographed baseballs, autographed footballs, autographed soccer balls. 
And as I was looking around, my eyes were drawn to this ball right here, an autographed Pelé soccer ball. And so Lindo, in his negotiation skills, he was able to negotiate with the guy. Lindo walked away with a few autographed um, Mickey Mantle balls, baseballs. And in the transaction, he asked the guy, could you throw in the Pele ball, knowing that my eyes had been laid on this specific ball here. So as soon as I bought the ball, or as soon as Lindo bought the ball, he was kind enough to give Debbie and I what we call a player price, Right? We were able to buy the ball from him, and as soon as it was in my possession, I ended up buying a case around it. Why? Because I value it. Now, some of you are like, who is Pelé, right? That's running through a lot of y'all's minds, I'm sure. Edson Arantes do Nascimento, known as Pelé, was born in Brazil on October 23, 1940. At only 16 years old, he was playing for the Brazil national team, you guys. During his international career, he won three FIFA World Cups. He was the youngest FIFA World Cup winner. No other player has been able to do that. Most career goals of any soccer player to ever walk this planet. He averaged almost a goal per game throughout his career. That's who Pelé is. And though I never saw Pelé play, I grew up watching clips of his games and highlights of his greatest plays. So immediately after I bought the ball, I was like, we got to protect this. I value this, right? Why? Because we guard what we value. That's the reality of things. We guard what we value. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4, a father is giving instruction and words of wisdom to his son. Lots of grace advice that he's given him. A ton of valuable wisdom. And then in Proverbs 4.23, look at what he tells him. He says, above all else, above everything, guard your what? Your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Above all else, meaning what? If you're going to guard anything, guard your what? Your heart. One of the greatest problems that I believe that we face many times is not understanding the value of our heart. Therefore, we don't guard it. We're not intentional about who or what we're letting in. But if we understand the value of our hearts, that changes things. Look at this. Guard. Guard your heart. Guard. That word guard in there, if you study it, it means to be to, with more vigilance than anything else to watch it. Guard your heart. Heart. When we hear the word heart, most of us think of emotions or love, but heart here is defined as the mind and thoughts, will, and affections. Guard your heart. And then it says this, for everything you do flows from it. Our actions, our words. Our lifestyle comes from what our heart is full of. So it's safe to say that our life is a reflection of what our heart is full of. Who we are right now, the choices we're making, the decisions that we're, we're making, the, the thoughts that are running through our minds, the, the words that are coming out of our mouth are a reflection of what our hearts are full of. Micah and Zandra referenced this verse last week, Luke 6.45. It says, the good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. And look at this last part. For out of the abundance, out of the abundance, the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. Who we are is a result of what we've allowed to enter our heart. Let that process and let that sit for just a second. 
So you want to know what a person is full of? Observe what continues to come out of them. What do they continually do? How do they continually speak? Now, this is not to say that any of us are sinless, but what we continually do and say reflects what we're full of. There's no beating around the bush on this one. It is what it is. What comes out of me is a reflection of what's in me, what I'm full of. And when, when I understand this, then I will start to guard my heart above all things. We will be intentional about who or what we allow into our hearts, our mind, our thoughts, our will, and affections. Guys, we can't just allow any voice to enter our lives. We can't just give in to any conversation. We can't allow unforgiveness to fester and to turn into bitterness in our hearts and then leads to resentment. We can't just watch or listen to just anything. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Have you ever tried to track what you eat just for one day? If you try to do that, you'll realize how challenging it is. There's this app on, an, on the phone that you can download. It's called MyFitnessPal, right? Some of you may be familiar with it. And you literally can type every single thing that you eat, and it shows you how much sugar it has, how many calories, how much of this, how much of that. I challenge you to do it. It's amazing what you'll discover. When I do that, every now and then I'll do it just to see what's going on, right? What am I putting in? I start to notice I'm eating too much sugar. I've been eating a sweet after every meal. Too much bread in what I'm eating. Or how about this one? Too many tortillas de harina, right? Flour tortillas or conchas, right, Caleb? I introduced Caleb to a Mexican pastry called a concha. It changes life. I don't know for the good or the bad, but it changes life. My point is this. My current physical condition, the outside, is a reflection of what I've been allowing in on the inside. Meaning what? That I have control of what I allow in. And that will ultimately change what I see on the outside. Guys, what would happen if this week you started to track what you're allowing into your heart? Just for one day, you started to notice what voices you're allowing in. If you're giving in to gossip, if you're around negative people, if the news is continually playing in your home and that's become the louder voice. I don't like to judge a book by its cover, so don't get me wrong with what I'm about to say. But because of the industry that I'm in, I'm in sales, I go into homes all the time, and when I go into a home where the news is playing the whole time, I can almost conclude what type of person this is. They're usually going to be anxious, they're usually going to be on edge, they're usually going to snap, they're usually going to be confrontational because the news does not have their best intentions for you. Let me make that clear. Now, I'm not saying turn off the news, but we got to check and see, what am I allowing in? What, what is the louder voice in my life right now? Maybe it's wrong social media accounts. You're following the wrong people, and the thing about following is you can also unfollow when you start to notice what you're letting in. Or what about this one? Maybe the music or entertainment that I'm allowing in, what I'm putting before my eyes and what's going in my ears. We don't talk about that enough these days. Growing up in the church, you know, as a kid that grew up in the church, we would talk about this a lot. And, and I think I look back now, and, and we were trying to figure it out, but in a very traditional church, anything that was not Christian was sinful, right? I don't, I don't buy into that belief, just be honest, okay? But I do 
believe, now that I'm older, is that we need to start checking the lyrical content of what we're letting in. Right? We need to start paying attention to what is continually playing because there's no way that if I'm letting something in, it's not filling my heart and it's not affecting me in some way. It makes a difference. And just because it sounds simple doesn't mean that it's easy. This is one of the hardest things to do. But this is why we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, for us to pray things like this. Holy Spirit, make me aware of what I've been allowing in and give me your strength to make the change. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, there's a point of transition here. King Saul has been the king of Israel, and God is now looking for the next king. And so what God does is he sends the prophet Samuel to a man named Jesse's house who had eight sons. I thought we had a lot of kids. Imagine having that. That's Pastor Aaron's house right there. Eight kids, right? And when Samuel arrives, the Bible says that he sees one of Jesse's sons, Eliab, and based on his appearance, he thought, Surely this is the next king. He looks like a king. He's got the height of a king, but quickly God corrects Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, look at what it says. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. It's interesting that it mentions those two things, appearance and height. And it's interesting what we can get distracted by as human beings. It says, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? The heart. God is able to look past all of the things that we as humans get distracted by and look deeper to see what is in someone's heart. We could fix the outside through appearances. My clothes could change. I could have plastic surgery, put on fake muscles, whatever it is, right? And I could impress you with my Bible knowledge. I could impress you with my perfect church attendance. I could impress you with how long I've been volunteering or how long you've been serving here at NCC, what we would consider good works. And don't misunderstand me. Those are all great things. Keep doing them. But what difference does it make if our heart goes untouched by God? What difference does it make if I show up to church but my heart is not God's? And we see a perfect example of this in the Bible in the book of Matthew chapter 15. The Pharisees, these religious leaders in Jesus' time were doing all the right things in the public eye. And then Jesus says this, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. In other words, they're doing all the right things, but I don't have their heart. See, what God is looking for is a heart that's fully surrendered to him. Someone who says, God, I don't want to just give you my church attendance. God, I don't want to just tune in online on Sundays. I don't want to just bring my tithes or my offerings, my serving opportunities here at NCC or sing a song on a Sunday during worship time. God, I want you to have it all. I want you to have my heart. Everything that I have is yours. Let me ask you a question this morning. Is what's coming out of me a reflection that my heart is fully his? It's what's coming out of my mouth. Are the decisions that I'm making, are the actions that I'm taking, is my lifestyle reflection that my heart is fully his? And I think it goes beyond without saying that I'm speaking specifically to those of you that have chosen to follow Jesus. 
And if you're in this place or you're joining online and, and you're saying, hey, I'm not a follower of Jesus, I'm so glad, first of all, that you're joining in. And I'm so glad that you're here. But we have to start checking our hearts, followers of Jesus, and asking, is my heart fully his? So God chooses David, right? He's looking for the next king. In 1 Samuel 16, you can go and read it. God chooses David. The Bible describes him as the runt of the family, the forgotten one that was tending sheep. He was out in the fields. This is who God chooses to be the next king. Why? Because of his heart. David was honoring to God. He worked in excellence. He served faithfully. His heart was fully God's. But how many know that when we let our guards down, that it's easy to drift? How many know that when we stop paying attention to what we're allowing in, when we stop asking the Lord to search our hearts, when we stop repenting of sin, when we stop asking God for forgiveness, when we just go through the motions and we stop checking our heart, we drift. And drift happens little by little. It's not an overnight thing. It's the small decisions that seem insignificant in the moment. It's those little things. That one flirtatious conversation that I had with the coworker, it's just one. That one moment that I watched that video or I clicked that reel, it's just one. That one conversation that is full of gossip, no biggie, it's just one. Look at what Song of Solomon 2.15 says. It says, catch the foxes for us. The little foxes, not the big ones, the little foxes, those are the ones that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. Foxes were known to destroy vineyards. But what it's saying here is many times our eyes are looking for the big things, for the big foxes. And the way that it sounds is, at least I'm not doing this sin, right? The big sin. At least I'm not doing that. But it's the little foxes. It's referring to the little things, the things overlooked that often spoil things of value. And this is the progression of sin. One time leads to two if it goes unchecked. Then it leads to three. Then it leads to four. And now my heart is full. These insignificant sinful decisions have now become the abundance of my heart. And what did we learn about the abundance of our hearts? It will come out. What is coming from me, out of me, is proof. My words, my actions, my lifestyle, it's proof that I've let my guard down. It's proof that my heart is full of something. So you fast forward David's story. He's now king, an amazing king at that. But he lets his guard down. 2 Samuel chapter, uh, chapter 11, you could go and read that too. He sleeps with another woman's wife. He gets her pregnant. He has her husband killed. And when he realized how far away he had drifted from God, when he hits his lowest point, notice what he asked God for. Psalm 51.10, he says, create in me a what? A clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. He says, oh God, renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. He wasn't asking for more money. He wasn't asking for more success or another woman. He's saying, God, what I need is a clean heart because my current heart is everything but clean right now. And I'm aware that the actions that I've been taking have been coming from what I've allowed into my heart. So create in me 
a clean heart. What have you allowed into your heart? Is it unforgiveness? Is it bitterness? Is it lust? Is it greed? Is it jealousy? Is it unrighteous anger? I don't know what it is, but I believe that the Holy Spirit is revealing some things today. And how will you know what you've allowed in? Just take a look at your words. Take a look at your actions. Take a look at the decisions that you make on a daily basis. I just have to take inventory of what's coming out of me. Then I know what's in me. If you're feeling the weight right now of a sinful heart, I felt it as I was preparing this message. And here's what I want you to understand. We cannot fix ourselves. We are naturally full of sin, you guys. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You can't fix yourself today. There's no amount of willpower. There's no amount of good decisions or positive thoughts or happy books that you could read to fix yourself. It requires a supernatural, outside of willpower, in our natural ability, a supernatural work of God to give us a new heart. But he can create a clean heart in you and in me. Let me prove it to you. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25 through 26, this is a prophetic word that God, a word that's foretelling of what's going to happen, and he's given it for the Israelites. But I want you to notice that we serve the same God so that if he did it for them, he can do it for us. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness. And from all your idols, they had allowed things into their lives that now their heart was full of this. And he says, and I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new what? A new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. A heart of stone is referring to one that had become hardened that was no longer sensitive to the voice of God. They had just gone through the motions and had let their guard down, and it had just become a routine, very much like it can become a routine to come into a church service, or it can become a routine to put some worship music on or to open up the Bible, but if it's not changing us and we're not searching our hearts and our hearts are not fully his, nothing is changing. And he says, I will take that heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. When it says heart of flesh, he was saying, I'm going to give you one that is sensitive to my voice. You're going to have new desires. You're going to have new thoughts. You're going to have new affections. You're going to have a new will to be able to receive my love, God says, and be able to give that love to others. That's the heart that I want to give you. That's the heart that I want to create in you. We serve the same God. And if today you're feeling that weight, if today, whether it's online or in person, you're saying, I can see that my heart is full of some things that are sinful. The actions in, in my lifestyle is a reflection of that. Let me give you some hope that the Lord wants to create a new heart in you today. Not just the change on the outside, but a the change on the inside, in your heart. I love what uh, Charles Spurgeon said, this quote that I read this week. He said, true religion begins then with the heart. And the heart is the ruling power of manhood. See, you may enlighten a man's understanding and you have done much. But as long as his heart is wrong, 
the enlightenment of the understanding only enabled him to sin with the greater weight of responsibility resting upon him. Some of you are like, what did he just say? I could teach you all about what sin is, but without a transformed heart, you're just now sinning with the greater knowledge of what sin is and a greater heaviness. But it's that transformed heart. And if today you're in this place or you're joining online and you know you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you haven't given your life and your heart to him, let me just take a few minutes and just explain something to you. The first thing that we all have to acknowledge is that we all have missed the mark, that we are all sinful, that we all have missed the mark of holiness that God has. And because God is a perfect God, he is a holy God, the sin that's in our lives created a gap, created a separation between us and this holy God. That's the bad news. The bad news is that because of that sin and God being a righteous and a judge, God, we were destined to be in hell for eternity away from him. Here's the good news. God could not stand that separation. And he says, I have to make a way. I have to make a way for them to have a relationship with me here on earth and for them to spend eternity with me. So what he does is he sends Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice to pay for all of our sins. He lived the life that we couldn't live, and he died the death that we were supposed to die. And because Jesus made that sacrifice, he put us in right standing with the holy God. So today, when I have accepted Jesus and I've made him Lord of my life, when God looks at me, he now sees his son that covers a multitude of sins. And the Bible makes it very clear that if, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that that's how we are saved. It's not by our good works. There's no amount of good works that we could do to earn our salvation. It's putting our faith in Jesus. It's accepting the gift of his sacrifice and knowing that he paid for it all. And so if this morning you're here or you're joining online and you're saying, I want to make that decision to surrender my life to him, with every head bowed and every eye closed, can we pray this prayer together? Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Create in me a clean heart, Lord. Purify me and teach me to live for you. In your name I pray, amen. Can we give it up for those that are making that decision today for the very first time? Listen, if you prayed that prayer today for the very first time, we have a next step for you. Your next step is something called Connect Track. And this is something that we have here at NCC that walks you through how do we live this life out with Jesus because we're not called to do it on our own. So the way you can sign up is go to newcommunity.co forward slash connect track and we'll put you in touch with someone there. You guys know we always end with an action step, right? I have two for you today. Number one, what is the Holy Spirit showing you that you need to guard your heart from going forward? What are those things that you've been allowing in that they stood out as this message was going on. Maybe it's some entertainment choices you need to make the change on. Maybe it's some people that you need to distance yourself from. Maybe you need to stop listening to certain voices and make the voice of God louder by spending time in his word. And then the next thing is take the necessary steps to guard your heart this week. What are some things that you're going to do and put in place? Now understand this, that doesn't mean that everything is dependent on you. We need the Holy Spirit to do what we need to do. But we can make certain choices and decisions 
starting today. Let me pray with you guys as we close. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, and I just pray a, a prayer blessing over everyone in this place. But most importantly, God, let this word come to life for us, God, throughout the week, Jesus. God, I pray that it doesn't end here and it doesn't stop here, but throughout the week that your Holy Spirit is pointing out, God, what are things that I've been allowing in, God, that I need you to remove, God. God, create in us a clean heart, God, a pure heart, Jesus, that is honoring to you, Jesus, a heart that reflects you wherever we go, Lord. And we believe that as you start to do that supernatural work in our lives, God, what comes out of us will start to change. We thank you, Father, and we put our faith and trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen.